Hey, good morning, everyone. I am your host here, Mr. Jeff Kaufman. Hey, welcome to the channel. Um, first of all, guys, I want to uh, I want to throw this out there because I'm in the middle of nowhere, Arizona right now. Hopefully everyone can hear me. If you can hear me, give me a thumbs up. Hey, good morning, Miguel. Um, Miguel, give me a thumbs up if you can hear me. I, I'm kind of testing things out here. So this thing is running off of uh, this stream is running off of the uh, that uh, Starlink from from uh, uh, you know Tesla you know that whole guy. okay good to go thanks thanks Miguel uh, so yeah this is running off of Starlink this is Elon Musk's uh, um, internet service it's it's really it's really been fantastic but I have never tested it on. Um, you know, live streaming. So in fact, when I first started this up, this thing, uh, it shut off on me unexpectedly. So if I start to cut out, I would really appreciate it if you could, uh, uh, if you can just let me know, like through the chat or whatever. Uh, but hopefully this thing's working okay. Um, let me real quick change around. There we go. Okay, guys. So first of all, Welcome. Last week, uh, I had an unexpected event happen uh, pretty quickly. Uh, it kind of developed overnight. Uh, I had someone who was uh, um, looking to place some money. So uh, I kind of had to make a quick decision uh, and go talk to a private money lender and, uh, you know, was able to secure some more funds for the deals we do. So um, it worked out, but unfortunately, it wasn't able to get on here. Uh, wasn't able to get on here last week. So Okay, so I actually have a an appointment here at uh, at 10 a.m. Uh, down in uh, Sedona, Jerome, Arizona. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to jump into this thing, and we're going to kind of we're going to kind of um, play off the last one I did. I know it wasn't last week; it was the week before. We talked about the uh, the parties to a land trust, or the, really the parties to any trust. Really, uh, can apply to, to any trust, um, but. We talked about the trustee, the beneficiaries, all of those good things. So what we're going to do this week is we're going to build on that a little bit. And we're going to talk a little bit more about trusts and land trusts specifically. Uh, and we're going to dive a little bit deeper into those. And so let's go ahead. Uh, I always have my notes handy. So uh, I will click back and forth. I have the chats, the chat going here. In fact, I'm going to go ahead and overlay the chat. And also let me get rid of that. Okay. All right. So we got the chat overlaid here. If I start cutting out, please let me know. It's um, so, all right. So what are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about the benefits of using land trusts to buy real estate. Okay. So there are tons and tons of benefits. We use land trusts for just about every deal that we do. I mean, they are incredibly flexible. Um, they provide liability protection, all kinds of good stuff. And so I'm just going to kind of go through some of the pros and cons. And hopefully by the end of this video, <laughs> I will have convinced you that land trusts are the way to go. They really are. They're fantastic. Um, there's some situations where you're not going to use them, um, you know, in particular. So if we have a really quick flip, like something maybe we're going to wholesale off, we're not probably not going to bother with a land trust because it can complicate things for your buyers. Uh, and if you're in an area that doesn't necessarily or you're dealing with a title company, maybe you don't have a good connection with an investor friendly title company. 
a lot of times these folks will get, I mean, it's just like using a trust will blow their mind. So um, it can be a little bit of a hard sell. So if we're doing a quick flip, something like a, like we're wholesaling something off, uh, we're generally probably just going to use our LLC to do that. Okay. So, but if it's going to be something we're going to hold on to or for something we're going to fix and flip, you know, if any, anything other than really a quick dispo, uh, we are going to use a land trust 99% of the time. So let's talk about the benefits first. We're going to go pros and cons. Uh, I want to, I want to, uh, just lay out the benefits of using a land trust before we uh, before we start dogging them. But quite honestly, the list is the 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 uh, the cons of using a land trust. The list is very very short. So anyway, number one, the number one benefit for using land trusts, and I think everyone probably knows this, and uh, and most of you have probably heard this as it relates to trusts, and that is privacy of ownership. And it's kind of a really vague, uh, really kind of vanilla term, but ownership, um, uh, privacy of ownership, what does that really mean? Well, not only does it keep the wholesalers from, from bugging you, uh, you know, from being able to cold call you and everything like that, which I think, I think there's a kind of a prevailing, um, you know, this prevailing thought that that's what privacy of ownership means, but that's not hundred percent true. I mean, that is true, but that's not the reason why we say privacy of ownership. Privacy of ownership, if you think about how a trust is constructed, privacy of ownership, everything that happens inside of a trust is 100% private. Meaning in most cases, 99% of cases, there is no requirement for you to say, uh, you know, notify a, notify a public authority or anything like that. So everything that's done inside of a trust is generally um, not like say 99% of the time it's done in private. And for me, the big one there is the privacy from the prying eyes of government, local municipalities, all that good stuff. Uh, so it's like your own little world. And so uh, that's what, that's kind of what we mean by privacy of ownership is everything inside the trust. Anything that you do inside that trust is private. All right. So, um, and by the way, we are talking about, I don't want to, I don't want to misconstrue. Like I said, last time, there are only six states that have land trust statutes. You can use land trust in any state. There are only six states with statutes on the books that actually, that you can actually operate a land trust out of. So generally what we do is we just create a revocable trust, uh, that is, um, structured very, very much like a land trust. Okay, so and then everything inside it doesn't matter whether it's revocable or not is is very very private okay so that's number one that is a benefit number one is probably the greatest benefit of all uh second one is going to be the ease of transfer before i move into this let me just make sure everybody's okay everyone we're still on okay good okay the second benefit is ease of transfer all right I've talked about this before and I, I really just kind of my, my vision, my, my a big, a big vision or big goal or dream of mine is to get everybody on board with land trusts because even, even you wholesalers, imagine, imagine this, you put together, you buy a property, you buy it in a land trust. You're actually able to, you know, you close on it in a land trust 
But now you have this thing called beneficial ownership. And all you have to do now is transfer beneficial ownership for a fee. So it's a much easier transfer process. There's no, there's no more title work that needs to be done. Uh, you can have a, a, an insurance policy in place. And it's just so easy. It's literally just a piece of paper. I print it off on my computer and I'm on my printer. And uh, it costs me a, however much a piece of paper and a little bit of toner cost me. That's how much it costs me to assign beneficial ownership. It's super, super easy. So ease of transfer is number two. All right. Yep, that's right. We got six states with land trust laws. There you go. Okay. And, and kind of to expand on that a little bit, just to take the confusion out of it, you can create land trusts, but they have to be, you have to pick one of those six states that that land trust, uh, that those, that your land trust will, uh, the law will comply out of. Meaning, so if I'm going to do a land trust on a property, I'm going to transfer a property in Missouri into a land trust. In that land trust, I would I would say that the this land trust complies with the laws of the state of Illinois or Florida, right? So it, you can operate the land trust out of uh, out of any state, but you must comply with the laws. You got to pick from one of those six states, and really, probably the best one of those I would say is probably Florida. If you're going to do that, if you're going to actually create a land trust, a true land trust, Florida is probably one of the better states to. Uh, uh, to uh, to operate out of, Illinois is a very common one as well. Honestly, I've never I've never operated one out of anything other than Illinois and Florida. So um, so you'd have to go in and kind of look at the pros and cons if you want to go that route. We don't even go that route. We just create a revocable trust that um, that we have set up remarkably like a land trust would be set up. Okay. All right, so ease of transfer. We've got privacy of ownership, number one, ease of transfer, number two. Privacy of transfer, number three, privacy of transfer. So when you assign beneficial ownership, this information is not public. Typically, it's not public, 99% of the time. So why would this be important? Why would this be important? Number one for me, uh, so I'm just gonna, I'm just going to uh, kind of I'll just give you an example. If I transfer beneficial ownership to my buyer, and I have done this, I've done this many, many times. Um, and I won't get into the specifics of the type, the type of deal because there are different, um, there are different criteria for transferring uh, beneficial ownership. But just know that when I transfer that beneficial ownership to someone else, since we have this privacy. Um, all the privacy built into a, into a trust. What does that, for me, for me, what that means is that's not going to trigger what an assessment, a reassessment of that property. And so what it allows for me to do is to transfer ownership or beneficial ownership without the government going in or the municipality or the county going in and reassessing the value of that property. And ultimately, you know, possibly, possibly uh, increasing taxes or increasing the value of that property, All right? So if we can transfer this beneficial ownership inside the trust, it's going to keep it out of the prying eyes of the county and the county is no longer, they're going to have no idea really, isn't, they're not going to be prompted to reassess the value of that property is what I'm trying to say. 
So I hope that makes sense. If anybody has a has a question about that, let me know. All right, the third. I'm sorry. This is B. This would be number four. Number four is, believe it or not, a lot of people talk about um, trust not offering any kind of. They really they when they think of trust, they only think that trust provide anonymity, but they also kind of built in that anonymity and in that anonymity is this liability protection. Because if you think about it, if the beneficial owners of a trust are not known, if they're not made public, it's going to be a whole lot. It's going to be really hard to find out who the beneficial owners are, you know, in case there is some kind of lawsuit. So really an attorney, um, if, a, if somebody hires an attorney to, uh, to sue the owner of a property that is in a trust, the attorney is going to have a real tough time um, finding those assets. Okay. So uh, it's really just another legal hurdle is what it is. It, and it does offer you a little bit of li liability protection. And to kind of go back to the statement here, uh, you may want to, you may, may want the land trust to be managed by an LLC to get the protection measures of an LLC. This is where this comes into play. So if an attorney if, if, if by chance a land trust is pierced and it is sued, um, many times it depends on, um, depends on how the land trust is actually written, how the agreement's written. But in most cases, 99% of cases, if there's a slip and fall, let's say on the property and somebody is and, and an attorney's trying to sue somebody, they're going to go after the beneficial owner. Okay. So the beneficial owner should never be yourself individually. It should be either one of two things. It can either be another trust, which is something that we do as well, or most of the time it's going to be an LLC. It's going to be your LLC. And then your LLC is going to, is going to be the one that, you know, you have the, the insurance policy, all of that good stuff. Your LLC is going to be the, uh, is going to be your asset is going to be your protection. Okay. So you would never want to list yourself personally in a land trust as a beneficiary. It needs to be a legal entity that provides you uh, some, sort of, uh, some sort of protections, right? Okay, so that is the liability protection asset uh, aspect. Uh, again, I've already said, this is number five, I think. One, two, three, four. Yeah, this would be, this would be benefit number five. I've kind of already touched on this, so uh, maybe I won't count this one, but this can be used in any states, in any state of the country. All right. So you can use it in Alaska, any, anywhere you want to. All right. I'm going to kind of skip over that one. It's a little bit redundant. Here's a big one. Um, number six. This is a big one that um, it's a little misunderstood. But by placing a property into a trust, it can help to avoid the due on sale clause. I think... Anytime anybody gets into, uh, particularly when we're talking about subject two, or maybe you're seller financing a property where you're doing it on a mortgage wrap and you're, you're, your buyer is actually building equity, any of that activity would, would actually trigger the due on sale clause, right? So, but one of the benefits to putting these, uh, putting these assets into a trust is that Again, this this really all falls under the the privacy kind of the privacy aspect of this. No one really knows. First of all, 
any any owner of a property can transfer that property into a trust without tripping the due on sale clause. That's in the Garn St. Germain Act of 1982. It's how that trust is operated and what type of trust that is that would prevent a lender from, from invoking the due on sale clause. So number one, it has to be an inter vivos or, or a living trust. That is first and foremost. It's got to be a living trust. This is why we prefer to use uh, we prefer to use revocable trusts. Now, a land trust is also uh, would be considered inter vivos, but it's uh, it's a little using a, a straight revocable trust. It kind of gives this um, this impression. It's more like a in the eyes of the lender, it would be more it would be far more common to for someone to transfer an asset into a revocable trust than it would be a land trust. So it's kind of it's kind of admittedly it's a little bit of smoke and mirrors. There's nothing illegal about it. It's just you are not drawing any more attention to this transaction than you need to. So um, avoiding the due on sale clause. Honestly, if you keep making those payments, as long as that as long as that uh, that asset remains in the uh, in the performing column, you're probably be, probably going to be okay. But this does not hurt having it having this property transferred into a uh, into a trust <clears throat> and preventing the due on sale clause. Okay, let me make sure we've got. Let me look at some questions here. Okay, when acquiring via sub two, who are the beneficiaries and what is their percentage? Honestly, that is entirely up to you. Um, so for me, uh, if I'm going to do a JV deal, I may keep a certain percentage of that uh, of that um, beneficial ownership. So it's entirely up to you. Uh, I I think I went over this maybe last week. I think I went over this. Uh, I'm sorry, week before last because I missed last week. Um, so I have kind of these, these hybrid deals are a little bit, they're kind of tight. Honestly, the numbers are kind of tight. So, and this is really the only time I would use these, but so I would offer, I would offer 80% beneficial ownership to a rehabber or flipper. Uh, and I would sell that to them for very little upfront, you know, because remember this is a tight deal. So I would sell them 80% of that beneficial ownership. That could very well be 60. It could be anything that I want it to be. And so my LLC would hold 20% beneficial ownership in this case and give them 80%. So now when they flip that property, they sell that property, I get to, sorry guys, we got the dryer going here. I would, I would, uh, I would when that property is sold, uh, I'm going to retain 20, I'm going to earn 20% of whatever the net profits are on that deal. So uh, there's nothing set in stone about, um, and you know what? You may be actually talking about the, um, which I'm not going to get into. That's a huge, long explanation. But you you, I, you might be touching on the point that um, Garn St. Germain, to be fully compliant with Garn St. Germain, the original borrower would need to be listed as a beneficiary. So it's whatever percentage. They don't define what percentage they need to be. Uh, so I don't know if that's what you're touching on, but... Um, that's a different, that's kind of a different topic. Um, or it's not a different topic. It's just a, a, that's a, that would require me to bust out Garn St. Germain and actually go through these nine different uh, exceptions in Garn St. Germain. And we're just not going to have time for that today. So, all right. So uh, I think this is number eight. 
Number eight, and I touched on this as well. It keeps your sales price secret. Right. So if, um, you know, initially, if you're buying this from an individual and you're putting it into a trust, that sales price is going to be known. That's going to be public record. But anything that happens, anything else, if you're transferring beneficial ownership, that is never recorded. Um, therefore, no one's going to know the sales price. No, you know, there's, it's just going to be totally, totally private. Right. Not going to dig. We kind of talked about that one already. Here's a big one. This is something that other, that a lot of folks don't, don't recognize either is placing a property into a trust or land trust can help prevent liens being attached to the property. Uh, a properly constructed trust will have what we call a spendthrift clause. The spendthrift clause prevents, now it doesn't prevent all liens from being attached to the property, but it does prevent certain types of liens from being attached. Um, thinking, think mechanics liens, um, uh, just any kind of those, any of those liens that are, that wouldn't be say um, what we call super liens. Super liens would be, you know, federal liens, things like that. And so uh, there's a trade-off here. The trade-off is that, you know, you can't, a, a lien can't be placed or attached to a property, but also the beneficiaries cannot leverage that property for, let's say, um, you know, let's say they wanted to use that property to secure a loan. Well, they, they, you're unable to do that if you, if you have the spendthrift, uh, the spendthrift clause. And, um, for me, that's perfectly fine. I'm not looking to, uh, to leverage any of my deals anyway. So we include a spendthrift clause in every single one of our, uh, every single one of our land trusts. All right. Okay. And the last one that I have, um, is not only applies to homeowners, meaning individual homeowners, but it can also apply to uh, to you as well. And this, and what it is, is this can eliminate and minimize uh, probate. You don't have to go through probate with properties that are in trust because the individual does not no longer owns the property. The trustee owns the property, okay? Because the, the trustee is the one taking title. So, and it does not. It doesn't matter if that's a revocable and irrevocable. Uh, a land trust, it doesn't matter what kind of trust it is. If, if somebody, if someone else, meaning the trustee owns that property and the owner passes away, well, that property is no longer in, uh, in that individual, the, de the decedent's name. So they cannot, uh, they don't have to include that in the, in the estate. It won't go through probate. All right. Okay. So the question is, right. Yes. What I want to know is how to use the percentage beneficiary of trust to acquire from a seller to control. Okay, let me see. I mean, I'm trying to I'm trying to wrap my head around this. What I want to know is to use the percentage beneficiary of trust to acquire from a seller to control. Okay, and also when selling to a buyer. Okay, um, so. It's not even, honestly, it's not even about control. This isn't an LLC. So usually in an LLC, if you have a, you have a percentage of ownership in an LLC and, you know, the majority of the time that percentage of an LLC is the controlling interest. They have the controlling interest. This is not that, this is not the same. We're talking about, we're talking about ownership. And <clears throat> so the way that what, what you're asking, the way that that would be managed is, or 
is um, that would be have to be laid out in the trust in the in the agreement. Okay, so it's not like uh, it's not like a, a corporation or an LLC where you have a controlling interest. You can have it. This is another reason why I love trust so much. They're so flexible. You can have it that way. You can have it so that you know the person that or the individual or entity that owns the majority uh, majority of the beneficial interest. They could do that if you wanted that. If you if that's how you wanted it to be set up, you could totally do that. Um, probably what we would do in that case. So, for instance, in that deal that I just gave you, where I maintain twenty percent ownership, uh, beneficial ownership, and my rehabber flipper had eighty percent. That's when we invoke this, or we we create this 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 role called a director. So, what in in this case, what the director is the director takes the the director is going to take those kind of voting quote voting powers away from the, from the beneficial owners. And the director is going to guide that trust in which direction it needs to go. Okay. So that's how we would do that. And then it says there's a strategy to who controls manages trustee and what percentage beneficial each beneficiary has. Yeah. I think I kind of just answered that. I hope I did. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just depend. It's it's totally dependent upon the agreement. It's dependent upon what you, uh, how the how the trust agreement is written, and you can be. I mean, you can be very, very. Uh, um, I mean, it can be super, super flexible. You can really. It's a private agreement, so it is. There are no real. Uh, there are no real standards for how a trust can be set up. It's just it's it's created. Um, are, are molded into exactly what you want it to be molded into. It is created to serve you, so uh, it's very flexible. It's not like um, it's not like a lot of agreements that uh, that are you know very rigid. Um, you can do a lot with a trust. You can, however you want to lay it out, pretty much um, you know you can do that. Now, this is going to vary state by state because there are things that. Um, you know, obviously there are going to be things that, uh, you know, if you had to go to court, maybe they would be overruled by the court. Um, but in generally, generally speaking, you can, you can get super, super flexible with these things. So, all right. So that was, that. let's see, we got, I don't know, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, ten, ten different, 10 different benefits to using land trust. I'm going to talk about a couple of disadvantages. And these are really hard to come up with because they're really, maybe other than some of the complexity in understanding how, uh, how trusts actually work, uh, maybe that I should have included that in this uh, as a bullet point. Um, so that maybe that would be number one. Number one would be people just don't use these very often. They don't understand how they, how they work. And so that is probably, so that's probably the number one hurdle um, with using land trusts. Um, but once you have it down and once you, you have it, uh, you know, kind of tucked away in your, you know, once you understand the roles, that's why I went over the roles last uh, on the last call. Once you have that figured out, this becomes super simple and uh, it actually simplifies your life. You have a little, just a tiny bit more uh, work up front. But uh, generally speaking, once you understand how this works, it will simplify your life 
tenfold. I mean, it's awesome. So, but I only listed two, two, uh, two bullet points here. And so uh, one of those bullet points as a disadvantage would be obtaining financing. You can get financing um, if a property that you're trying to, to refi or whatever, um, or maybe you're trying to get a line of credit against it, you can get financing if the property is in a trust. It can be done. It's just not many lenders are, are going to understand this. So you're going to be like all of your cookie cutter kind of um, strip mall lenders. None of them are going to understand how to do this. So what they're going to do is they're going to require you to transfer that property out of the trust first. Then they will they will fund it. They will refi it. And then you can turn around and place it back into the trust. It's not a huge deal. Uh, It's just a couple, you know, a couple extra dollars for recording fees and stuff like that. But um, it's not that huge, not that big of a deal. But. I guess really the only reason I bring this up is because I don't want you to get discouraged about going out. You know, you have a property and a trust, and you want to you want to uh, you want to use it in a in a for a HELOC, or you want to use it for some other line of credit. It's going to be a little bit tougher to do um, unless you're working with a lender that actually understands it. Okay. All right. Number two, like I said, I only have really two two other bullet points here. Uh, one was the obtaining financing. The other one is. Uh, a lot of folks think that putting a property into a trust is going to protect them from a lawsuit. And that is, that is not true. Uh, a trust is easily, it, you think of a trust as um, almost, almost as a straw man type. So you can, anybody can, anybody can, can um, file a claim against a trust. They can, they can sue a trust um, and the trust would, you know, ultimately the assets inside that trust would be subject to that lawsuit. So it does not protect you from being sued. Okay. And like we talked before, the beneficiaries, if there's a slip and fall on your property and somebody wants to, and that, you know, that person, the, the, uh, the plaintiff, I suppose is what I, I want to say, the person suing that trust can sue the beneficial owner. Okay. But if that beneficial owner, like I said before, is set up correctly and it's an LLC uh, where you have limited liability, uh, that would be the way to go. Uh, the cool thing about this is, is generally speaking, when somebody sues a trust, the only um, the only assets that are in a trust, hopefully, the way you, if you're setting these up correctly, see, we set it up so that we have one asset in, in one land trust. So generally speaking, that asset is the only, is, is the, um, is what would be subject to that lawsuit unless it's a, unless there's personal liability, like I say, and then they can go after the, after the beneficiaries. But if somebody is suing, um, suing a trust, only that asset is, uh, would be, um, you know, subject to, uh, to seizure or, or to you know, liquidation. So honestly, if you're set up correctly, it's really not that big of a deal either. You know, anybody can sue anybody in this country and anybody can sue a trust. So it's no different. Um, but just make sure that trust is set up correctly and, uh, and you'll be protected. Let me make sure. Uh, it looks like I was having a few issues here. Let's make sure that uh, everyone still hear me. I am cutting in and out. Sorry about that. 
Are we good? If we're good, give me a thumbs up. If there's anything I need to repeat, let me know. Type it in the track in the uh, in the chat there. Well, Miguel, I thank you for that, man. But I don't know if you mean yes that I'm cutting in and out, or yes that you can hear me. <laughs> All right. Okay, uh, Bob, you joined us from YouTube. LLC versus land trust? Question mark. Uh, you're going to have to clarify that for me. I'm, I'm not sure what you're asking because um, I just went through a lot. So if there's one particular uh, one particular question you have about that, be happy to answer it as best I can anyway. I was wavering. Is there anything you guys need me to, to go back over since I was cutting in and out there? This happens. I, I found like, so I, I uh, turned on the TV here and I found that like, Every great once in a while, it seems like the Starlink would cut out. All's good now. Okay. Appreciate it. <clears throat> okay. Well, while if there's anybody typing right now, uh, I, you know, I can't see that. Uh, but if you have any questions, get it in the chat. For now, I got a couple of announcements. That's really going to do it on the trust part. Uh, that's, this, that's pretty much our call for the week. Um, so if you have any, any questions, feel free. Uh, you know, if, if we happen to end this before you get it out, feel free to put it in the comments uh, below the video. All right. A um, couple of announcements real quick. Next uh, Sunday is is Christmas Day. We will not have a call next Sunday. Um, and I just wish everybody a, a Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, all of that good stuff. Um, make it a good one. But we will have a call on January 1st. That is New Year's Day. That is the following Sunday. So I figure um, what better way to get a, a good jump start on the year, on the new year, than uh, jumping on some calls and uh, and uh, getting into this whole creative finance thing. So, okay, guys, I'm not going to take any more chances. I'm going to go ahead and, uh, and end the call here. And if you have any questions, like I said, post it in the comments below. Uh, I'm going to go uh, on a little road trip here. So you all enjoy yourself. Have a good rest of your weekend, and I will uh, I will talk to you week after next. All right, take care.